and welcome, everyone, to Radio Geekly. I am just Jess, and I am joined by a lot of our collective here in studio. I'm so excited. We've got Open Mike, yeah. Conch, Jenna, Rob, and David. Hello to all of you. Hey. Yes. Yes, it is It is a bittersweet episode, friends, that we are signing off one last time, uh, finale episode, if you will, for ARG, but we're going to talk about some famous finales, pun intended, here today, and also some of our highlights that we have uh, experienced and appreciated over the last three years of Radio Geekly, so Dude, without... Three years. Yeah, it's been three years. It's been wow. a long time, but Incredible. I've been... Really excited about how everything's been turning out. So, who would like to start talking about a favorite finale? Oh my god, I'll totally start. I'll totally start. This is Jenna, and I'm curious if me and David Kesters have the same finales we want to talk about. Because in our first show of Radio Geekly three years ago, we both talked about Futurama, and because uh, we're both Futurama fans. Right. And that is definitely my favorite of the series finales because there were four series finales because it was the constantly, oh, it got canceled. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, it's back. Oh, wait, maybe it's canceled again. And so I even like did the researches. The oh. first time it was canceled was in 2003. Then it came back. But then when it went again in 2009 with that like movies that they did on Comedy Central. And then... They went away again. They came back. They went away again on the overclockwise episode. Then they go away and then they come back. And then it gets left off with the Meanwhile episode. Mm-hmm. And I love how it's called Meanwhile because maybe there'll be a fifth series finale one day. Hmm. A Futurama. And I would like to see what show tops that in terms of number of series Ooh. finales. So, so yeah. You had an extra one on there. I didn't realize over. I didn't realize that either, but I, according to Wikipedia, which is the authority on all knowledge, I suppose they did renew it. But I, I always thought they like. I, I didn't see that one as a. I, I didn't consider that was a finale, but no, oh, I guess it works. Yeah, yeah. He like apparently when they wrote Overclockwise, they left it as an open-ended series finale because they weren't sure. They were hoping, so it could have been a series finale. So we'll call it 3.5. How about that? 3.5 series finales. And, and while we're on the subject of these finales, I think Futurama falls into what I call a gap of pre-DVD sale takeoff uh, yeah. to what rejuvenated these series and streaming, probably especially streaming. Uh, a good example of that is there, if you look at uh, Game of Thrones, they're about to have their last season, and it's a big deal. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually excited for it, too. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> Uh, but something about Game of Thrones is that show wouldn't exist uh, 10 years ago. That's not fair. It's the eighth season. I should say it wouldn't exist <laughs> in 2005, <laughs> 2003 when uh, these shows originally uh, existed and went off the air. And a good uh, example of that is HBO's, uh, even if you don't like their shows, are usually done really well. Uh, they had shows in the early 2000s, Carnival, Deadwood, Deadwood mm-hmm. uh, Rome. These are shows, Rome is a good example because Rome is kind of on the same level of Game of Thrones. Huge, vast universe. Uh, lots of intrigue, killing, all that stuff. But it went off there after two seasons. They didn't have the budget really to go through with it, and they didn't have the support of streaming and DVD sales that they didn't realize. They were, they were ahead of their time. Futurama was ahead of their time. Uh, Arrested Development is another one that came back mm-hmm. ahead of its time. It's that... Oh, yeah. Arrested well, Development might be in the running well, for yeah. the number uh-huh. of series finales. Well, once, the, once the internet took off, they showed that these shows were viable beyond their original airing, and that's why shows like Game of Thrones can exist. 
so that's I mean, I just paid for another month, or I guess, well, I, I had canceled it, and I paid for a month of HBO just for the Game of Thrones, even though I have a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. I totally, like, pay money because it's streaming. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to jump on the CBS All Access bandwagon now with all the content that's going to be coming out. Oh for Star God. Trek Discovery. For we, Star Trek Discovery, yeah. then the yeah. new Picard spinoff, and oh, oh my God, the, Twilight oh my God, Zone Twilight with Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, boom, 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 right there. there my yeah. life is going to be inside now yeah, for, like, <laughs> for, like, the next six months. But now summer's coming up. Right. I know. Summer's so now you up. can stream your HBO while you take a walk in the woods. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Because now you can, like, download those things and stuff, so you can... Yeah, we so can bring everywhere back shows you go. Everywhere. Experience everywhere you nature go. and HBO yeah. at the same time. <laughs> that should be that should be their pitch, right? right. <laughs> Experience the outside while holding your tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other uh, uh, final thoughts on the Futurama? Futurama. Did you have an actual favorite finale uh, from there? Uh, for me, it would be the last one. Okay. The meanwhile one, where basically it's like a reset. Yeah. Uh, we did cover that in our first episode, but. Uh, it's just the idea of you know let's let's do it all over again without any memory of the past. It's kind of a, got it. That yeah. one literally made me cry oh. when I watched it. That and the dog episode are oh, the two. Dog, no. I know, I know. I won't. Admit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mentioned it. I'm sorry. I should have done a warning. But um, yeah, that one made me cry too. I think it's like the best one just because it seems the most intentionally written mm. as a finale, and so you feel like a, oh my. Goodbye, everyone. But me, a super Futurama fan, is like, dude, it's only been off the air for six years. That's like nothing for Futurama. Come back. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. They'll be back. Hmm. They'll be back. They kind of are. Other other finales. Other finales. Um, can I can I mention the worst finale possible? Ooh, yes, yes. We this did, is we gonna have to say they had to be good. And ready about uh, shows before their time that didn't have streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so this show has had so many. Uh, fans um, continuously upset about this that they've sent in blue gloves to the producer or to the uh, studio repeatedly. You hmm. know what I'm talking about? Hmm. It's Firefly, the worst possible finale ever. I just rewatched I it. Bring that up. I just rewatched <laughs> it, and yeah, I it was okay. So <laughs> in the last week, I watched the final two episodes, and I'm like, there's just so much left unsaid and yet oh wait we're gonna wait three years to resolve everything maybe in a movie well still didn't get it resolved because then they then they issued the movie which gives you a little bit more insight into Shepard but like there's this whole Shepard backstory that's like probably half a season which is now in a graphic novel but yeah, I, I I have to put Firefly forward as the cautionary tale. We, we we're going to say this is the finale. We hope everybody learns from because um, you know it, nowadays it would be on a streaming service, Amazon or Netflix or or Hulu. But uh, back then it was if you look at the original pitch for that uh, that that Fox was putting on for it, it made it look like sort of wacky Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And. Um, and it, everybody I've talked to at the time said, you know, it took me four episodes to get into it, to get into the characters and the storyline and, and the world building that they were doing. And so, you know, by the time they were done with the first season, you know, Fox is like, eh. And then Joss, obviously Joss Whedon obviously has this whole second series, whole second season that he tries to cram into a two-hour movie with just the upshot that it makes Mal go from being a, 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 um, a sly anti-hero into a jerk. You know, they mm-hmm. basically uh, distilled all the characters down into, like, kind of unlikable. So, you know, 
you, you and and to, to me the worst uh, the worst uh, part of the story was that the Sci-Fi Channel never picked it up. I mean, Sci-Fi was doing all these terrible series at the time, and you could have had Sci-Fi pick up uh, future seasons of Firefly and make it work, you know. But but no. Yeah. yeah. I have a, I have a funny story. So before. I watched Firefly. I played Firefly at a board game, which was probably a big what? mistake because I had no Whoa. context for anything. Yeah, I within probably like three turns, I killed off Shepard, <laughs> and the whole rest of the table like eh, like was. I think that total was the movie, and, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Serenity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Serenity the game. Yeah, you played it. So, yeah, uh, the whole rest of the table was not pleased in what I had to do, and so I felt a lot of remorse actually as I was watching Serenity. It was just like. Oh man! Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, with the whole like, there's so much rumor and ha- things happening. I haven't read the novel yet. Conch, have you got to read the novel yet? Or the I don't know. How I, I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. But you have audience. read it though. I've, I, I actually have read bits and pieces. Of it okay. Yet. Okay. Um, and I was Shepard was always my favorite character as well. Yeah, I I resonated with Wash. I don't know. I think I I had my fantasy of. Flying a pi- uh, flying a spaceship and having little dinosaur figurines as like my co-pilots. I think that that was my jam. So oh yeah, and uh, and yeah. these moments where it's like totally quiet and it's like, is everybody alive still? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I listened to a panel with Alan Tudyk. Uh, Wizard World. We won't go there, but memories from ARG, Wizard World. Um, <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk mentioned that if Firefly would happen, he would hope that Wash actually had an um, identical twin. twin brother. Yeah, so that it was like, oh, this is my twin brother, Cash, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And like the whole thing was just a big myth. Wait, wait, the twin brother's name is Soap. Ah, oh. <laughs> so he said that would be the only way that he could. But that feels the like Patrick Duffy ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, it was all a dream, right? Yeah. You might as well Star Trek it then at that point. Just be like, oh wait, no, that was an alternate timeline, uh-huh. yeah. or or Doctor Who it, and just be like, just kidding, we're regenerating, we're regenerating yeah, exactly. you. And, yeah, yeah. So. All right, Firefly, we, we got the big one. Conch, did you have anything else well, to add? Well, you know, I just think finales work best when the world building is is really careful, you know. Whedon did a great world building with, uh, you can, you know, th- this is why there's so much fan fiction. There's, uh, there's Serenity Tales. I'm going to do a shout out to Mike Russell and some other uh, cartoonists who have, who have done their own uh, art fan fiction. Um, you know, Breaking Bad, um, had uh, really stuck the landing there. I mean, people people complained that uh, it was a little unrealistic compared to the rest of the series. Mm. Uh, that everything had to go exactly right for uh, for Walter White to come out the way it did. But you know, it's it's the last episode. You wanna you wanna give the the you you wanna give a little props to the people who've been with you for five seasons. So uh, yeah. so let's give them that much. Um, I don't know how much uh, the first season of um, of uh, of 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 uh, oh now I've blanked on the name of the uh, the, the detective uh, uh, oh um, uh, uh, it's noir um, it's uh, true detective true de- yeah 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 true detective oh. um, you know I'm thinking they I, I'm not I'm not convinced they put their they put their uh, best efforts into into world building and that's why the uh, the the landing didn't stick 
the way it did for series like Breaking Bad. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think they were trying to actually, you know, they hadn't, they, they were trying to keep this mystery afloat and they hadn't like kind of, it was kind of mysterious to them too. They hadn't quite worked out what they wanted, uh, what they wanted the world to be, whether it was completely fictionalized and allegorical or whether it was set in a, in a, in a real world of corruption and horror. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And maybe that's like the, the sort of Cthulhu noir mythos uh, leeching into the script, but then derailing the writing attempt to clarify it over time. So you get this like you get a world that is never fully defined, um, but is seeking to be defined through the character actions. But those character actions are done in this in this world that is sort of still still questionable, still almost unstable in the writing process. Mm. That said, they had me right up until the last like few minutes. Mm. <laughs> Open mic. Mm. I'm thinking about uh, there's a there's quite a few finales that I that come to mind. Uh, one of the first was Mash. Okay. Yeah. After being on the air for eleven years, how do you separate yourself from um, the following and the fans and that, that culture because in 11 years you actually create a culture. True. And I think they, they, they did a really good job. That was pretty much a blueprint for how you um, um, end uh, a series that, that is as successful to go on for 11 years. Mm. And remind us, MASH uh, was... The setting was the Korean War or the Vietnam War? It's Korean. It was, it was Korean the Korean War. War. Okay. Actually, that's what... actually, the series lasted longer, <laughs> longer than the, than the... <laughs> actual war. Yeah. And um, I, I think uh, I, I was a big fan of, of, uh, of, of Six Feet Under. Mm. Uh, oh, that was a good show. The way they set up the whole... A storyline with the family, and they built it up to the point where it was a nice landing on, on just ending that whole series. I thought they did a pretty good job with that as well. I'm hmm. um, watching. Uh, I was a fan of that, watching that, and um, um, um I definitely I, I can't really uh, not mention Sopranos. I mean, I I loved, oh. loved, oh. loved, loved in. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things about it, uh, the series itself, uh, was um, I wasn't satisfied with, and and I think they the way they set up the final season was ideal. Um, the unfortunate, t untimely death of the the main character in real life was not expected, of, of mm. course, but um, overall, I think that they handled the final season pretty well. Um, I like the way um, that series went and how they, they ended that series hmm. with The Sopranos. Yeah, they didn't tie anything up with a bow. They didn't make anything nice and neat, which is why, you know, I, I, I love it when there's a series that ends in such a way that the fans are fighting over uh, how it turned out, like in both Nurse Jackie and Breaking Bad. Mm. There are competing theories about whether the, the lead characters lived or died. Ooh. Maybe Walter White survived. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, there's a whole uh, YouTube video uh, where a guy points out medically like Walter White would have been very likely to have lived and ended up in jail because wow. of, you know, the way his cancer was helping his uh, his blood clot and the emergency vehicles were right in the background, that sort of thing. Interesting. Jenna. Okay. When we talk about serious finale, when you talk about that was going to be the topic, the first thing that always comes to mind is when you're at a table of geeks, we have to ask... Battlestar Galactica. 
Spoiler alerts. I don't know. Maybe we'll say it because like the ending, I find that people land on either two sides. You either like loved and were like, that made so much sense and that was amazing. Or people are like, that was the least satisfying thing and why did I give my life to that? So that, I'm wanting to like do the, uh, lost complex. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it falls in the same thing because I, <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering what everyone else is first. So Jesse, were you a, a fan of the Battlestar? Glass I ending? have to be honest. I am still in season three. <gasps> oh my god! So yeah. So again, no spoilers. Everyone's now. a Cylon. That's the spoiler alert. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Dama. No. Oh my god, Jesse, you have no clue. You still got a few seasons. <laughs> Has uh, anyone I, I else finished see, it? I do. Yeah. Is anyone else finished BSG? I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. And what did you, dude? What did you think? It was at, at the point, like I think they they needed to end. If that means anything. Agreed. Oh, you were just glad it was over. I, I don't want to say <laughs> that, but the show got dark. Uh, like my my, God, I was trying to watch it with my friend. He goes, "This is too depressing," and I, I could see where he's coming from, but it was still like really well done, and I had to finish it. And I'm glad I did. I thought the ending was was fine. I thought it was I thought it worked well for the whole series. Right? Yeah, I do have to say it, it, it was belabored. The a lot of the episodes seemed to, to drag. It dra- yeah. and then the last season though, I feel like they they were like, okay, this is it. Let's like okay. make it go someplace. That's, well, that's hopeful at least. But it felt like they needed to make a whole last season. Then they were like, okay, and now this episode, we're gonna stretch everything. Uh, so were you satisfied with the ending? Was it like, oh, what a twist! That's amazing. Or was it like, oh, really? Cheap it was. Shot. It was like, yeah, really cheap shot. Oh. I'm like, uh, it just after after having been stretched that far, I was like. Ugh. Okay, at least it's over. It's over. It's done. Okay. Okay, ah, putting this one to okay. bed. Mm. Hans, did you did you battle Star Galactica? Not all the way through. No. Have you? Original, not the remake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ping, ping pong eyes Cylons, yes. For the win. Yeah. Bad, I like bad, those. Bad, 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 I prefer bad. those. I think they're creepier. But yeah, I really liked the ending. Okay. And so whenever people give me smack yeah. about it being like terrible, I'm just like, you don't understand good TV. You go away. Because <laughs> I think I was just like, oh, that makes the whole thing make sense. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Clearly, yeah. Cylons everywhere. No, no, no. Yeah. You just oh, I want to ruin it for you, Jesse. Yeah. No, it's okay. Okay, it's we'll okay. have a follow-up episode when you finish watching it. We'll do like a special that's just Je- called like Jenna and Jesse talk. Yeah, Jesse finishes <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's on. I like okay. it. I like Thanks it. everyone for letting me know what you thought. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we're gonna pop over to some music, have us get a glass of water, then we'll transition into some fun moments from ARG. So uh lovely board op. Can you uh play some little Dr. Jones there for us? Oh, yes. Just like Indiana Jones. That's probably one that I would say 
had some interesting finales too, even though it's a movie series. I would always want to think about what happened if it was became a mini series after it would Harrison Ford want to like jump on and you I know, mean, was the TV show or the oh, Young oh, Indiana there Jones? Was the, there was the a TV cool. show, the Young yes. Indie Show. Yes. Oh, I totally Which missed was kind that. Of an educational show, actually. Oh, yeah, it was. It was an okay show. Yeah, you got you got a further taste of what was that? Uh, the beginning of Last Crusade. Yeah. Where, okay. Where he sneaks in, where he sneaks in, and he grabs the crucifix from the from the tomb robbers because he's going to return it to the rightful owner, which is a museum, which is kind of also a tomb robber. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Levels, uh, levels of hmm. consideration there. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. All right. Well, as we're moving on to more uh, fun, more highlights, I guess you should say on on ARG. Um, Jenna's going to step out and do some business. I gotta go to work, y'all. But uh, thank you for participating, Jenna, young, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, okay. what are we going to say? Can we give a round of applause for Jesse? Just, maybe it's going to happen later in the show, but I just want to give one. Aww. Thank you so much for heading up this collective for the last three years. Like For listeners who maybe don't know what happens behind the scenes without Jesse, this show like literally would not have happened, and she's mm-hmm. just like spearheaded it, and uh, she's... She, wagged a finger at us every once in a while, you know, lovingly, all All with love. (laughs) So really appreciate it. Thanks, Jenna. It's been fun to talk about all things geek. Thank you. Oh man. Yes. I do have to say that this has been fun to talk about things that I like nerding out and geeking out about uh, on the radio and sharing it with folks. So I would probably say my highlight would be, meeting all of you but then also our listeners that would be tuning in and giving their insight i've always loved having phone calls and people giving input just on the fly like oh my gosh you're talking about star wars and you know and uh no one's ever talked about star wars on uh, outside of a podcast before and so um yeah to thanks to all of you that have been listening continue to listen uh continue to give your insight on being a geek because we are we are here and we are not leaving so even though we might be off the air uh, on the show, after the show is over, we will continue to be geeks in and around the community. So, highlights from all of y'all. Uh, uh, my favorite highlight is me walking through the studio and bumping into you, Jess, and you asking me to come on your show and talk about video games and comic <laughs> books and Marvel movies. And I was like, sure, why not? It's like, okay. I got on the show and you were very hospitable and welcoming and geekish and i like it yeah thank you very much you gave some good film reviews too yeah thank you awesome hey i gotta give a shout out to um to uh globe tra- globe trotting godiva lee oh who, yes uh, see, uh it's sort of um she's sort of the carmen san diego of the studio here where <laughs> she's calling in where is she going to be calling in from this month very true. Yeah, and Godiva is actually working right now, but she gave some insight that we will play in a little bit at the end of the show, so she is always giving input and in her geeky opinion and an avid Trekkie here on the show. So Calling in from Las Vegas or San right. Diego or wherever uh, yeah. with, with some great field audio, of course. Yeah, and, and speaking of travelers, it wouldn't it would behoove me to not mention this person, Becky Myers, all the way up in Sitka. Sitka, Alaska. Working at KCAW, doing her thing, but an avid geek and a fairly big regular and a big support of Radio Geekly. So thank you to you, Becky. We love you. We hope you're doing geeky stuff up in Alaska. We're sure you are. 
Yes. Yeah, it's cold. She's doing. She's, <laughs> she's doing. It. She's inside. Yeah, she's, she's inside. She's, there are board games. Lots of them. David, Rob, I, I got to learn magic. Uh, Tabitha oh, that's right. taught Kyle and I how to play magic, and that was fun. Yeah. Have you played since? No. <laughs> it's probably better that way. I could seek it out. It, it was it was a good time, a nice low pressure. No, I get. I get pretty competitive for some reason. It's it's it's, it's just silly. You don't want to start that. Yeah. yeah. Magic. No. It's like I gotta have all the cards. And yeah. Just, and it's like no. It's like every collection I've ever done. I don't collect things because I can never get enough. I used to be You're where. Completest, are you? Yeah, and, and and it's 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 very. It was very, uh, just freeing to say. You know, I don't need this. And I gave away all my comics. I. I gave away all my VHS tapes and, and I threw away all my DVDs. This was back when I burned freaking everything. This this sounds like a Marie Kondo. <laughs> I, I, part of apocalypse. it. Is like, Thank I you got, for giving me I joy, got, comics. I have too much. It's not like I don't have access to these things. Still, it's right. like it's like I just don't have the tangible. You can you can come buy them all back at the VHS swap. I was just talking with Tim Goodyear yesterday Ooh. at City Hall. You know, he does the video tanfa. He's at Floating World Comics, and uh, we haven't mentioned it's Portland Comics Book Month, by the way. That Ooh. is true. But nice. this is this is the town where we have the VHS swap a couple of times a year. Oh man. I can see the 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 bead of sweat dripping down your brow. <laughs> <laughs> we we really literally filled a dumpster with VHS tapes when wow. my roommate and then it's like half hour later these, these people were in there just pulling out all our stuff I'm like oh we should have just left it and made it easy for them yeah <laughs> it is a sad time when you have to part with comic books and things of that nature i had to part with comic books and i had a like two or three uh, green trash cans of comic books and i just put them in front of my friend's house and walked away from them there mm. <laughs> wow. And, wow and for anyone who does feel like oh what a shame we are it's people like us that give value to these things by making them more rare. Ah. Mm. Ah, that should be that. on a t-shirt. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Rob? Uh, so I, I have a few moments. Um, so for for me personally, um, what Aredo Geekly has spanned like this really fascinating sort of career shift for me. Like I went from large corporation to like professoring to now being in an agency, and it's just been really interesting to like have a Radio Geekly like with me for this for this little adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so at in Radio Geekly. I think my favorite part was uh, was being able to like go places, meet people, interview them, and then like integrate what they said, the topics that were of interest into the show on a rather relatively regular basis there for a while. Yeah, so, you grab some really good content from people you got to talk to and things. Yeah. Do you have any favorites? Yeah, I I do have a favorite. Um, it was probably uh, it was probably at um, what was that? Uh, uh, Geek Girl Con. Wait, Geek the one, Girl Con. Geek Girl Con. That's the one up in Seattle. Um, if you if you have any interest, I strongly recommend that convention. Um, just everyone was super nice and super easy to talk to. Just really well informed. Um, yeah. So the, the so the interviews that came out of that, I think, were were among my favorite. Um, Mike Selinker does occupy a special spot in in my heart. Uh, in context of that. Um, so yeah, that I think that's that's kind of my favorite, and and of course there's like the routine of like sitting down with y'all on on the Fridays. Um, I was I was part of this like much more so in the beginning of the show than the later part of the show, but uh, but it was just a really nice like weekly ritual. Yeah, very cool, very cool. 
Conch? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, there's there's so much that's up on the web right now, and I think I'm going to encourage people to go to the archives and check out um, some of the material that aired and some of it that was just so huge that we didn't have the broadcast space to air it. Yeah, we had a, we had quite a few uh, bonus content episodes that we were able to post on there. I know Kyle, uh, another collective member, he was he was also an avid comics person and he would go around to the different smaller conventions like the Portland Zine Symposium and grab some content there and so we were able to have some of his interviews and things too and so yeah if you if your listeners want to listen to some of those let's give the archive link so we've got kboo.fm you can search for I think the easiest way is just to type in that search window Radio Geekly and it'll pop up our program page um, instead of trying to scroll through <laughs> through through our very our very user friendly website, um, but yeah, to type in Radio Geekly and we'll have a lot of our archived episodes there and bonus activities that you did not get to hear on the air. So yeah. Oh man, and also thanks to those that aren't here as well that had contributed. Tabitha, our our. Uh, in her, in her Trekkie as well with Godiva, she was the one that taught Magic the Gathering to David and Kyle. So shout out to her. She's a part of the Pacific Underground Collective now and been doing some great work with them. Uh, Kyle Carezzi, who is our comics book person, that like I said, he's also a news volunteer here, here at KBU. Uh, Keanu, who only got to be on one episode, but he is a Star Wars fan. And Star Wars, I mean, uh, episodes one, two and three Star Wars was his trilogy of origin and so David and I had some fun times talking with him about that uh yeah it's it's I I have to think of like man there's there's generations of geeks out there and I'm hoping that if uh ARG is uh uh going to take the way of the phoenix that it will rise out of the ashes into some new sort of collective so if you are interested in becoming a part of a community here that is kboo portland go online to kboo.fm click on that donate button we've got our spring membership drive happening next week but if you are interested in following up you can go to the uh, get involved tab and uh, it'll show you how you can uh, be a part of a volunteer collective like what we do here at radio geekly and so yeah i'm hoping as as we're closing the doors here that maybe a resurgence of ARG will happen in in the future. And it will be focused on Minecraft, anime, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Flossing. (laughs) So we're, basically we're hoping this is the first of many finales. Oh, yes. 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 So. Meanwhile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we got to put this on on the list of uh, famous finales as well. Right? Yeah, our finale. Yeah, our finale is famous. Yeah, I would I would say so. I did bring a chicken. Oh. <laughs> it is wait, quite quiet uh, right now. Wait, live or or like rotisserie. Spoiler, it's a baby. Oh. <laughs> we'll reveal that at the end. We will reveal that at the end. Well, uh maybe we should go around the table and kind of mention some maybe some newer things that folks can can check out before I give our big reveal on some of the things that 
some of the collective here are checking out. Rob, are you doing anything geeky in the city, or can folks check you out and doing geeky things in the city? Uh, folks can definitely check me out uh, doing geeky things in the city. Um, so while my my own website is down right now, and I'm reinventing it, I'm redesigning it. It's going to be. Um, it's going to address what I do in the city much more acutely. Um, I will just plug, and this is very early, but if you haven't experienced an OMSI After Dark on Halloween, yes, I still build large live-action games for that event specifically. But I have also been working on, outside of OMSI, um, a very large-scale scavenger hunt slash story game. And this has been something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of setup, um, but it's in process. Um, I have specific locations selected. There, The story is coming together. It is a dynamically adjusting story in some cases. Um, so that is going to be part of the website I'm currently putting together for, for myself and, you know, to showcase my portfolio. Okay. Can you give out the web address? Oh, yes. That's just my name. Okay. Um, it's just going to be, it's probably going to be a subsidiary, but um, the game is going to be epicpdx.com and I am robertlacoste.com. And we'll, we'll feature this on the website, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll make sure to post it <laughs> onto our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Radio Geekly for all the links and things. Uh, David. <laughs> I'm continuing. Well, I don't, people probably didn't know this, but at uh, where I work, uh, open signal to the Portland Cable Access Center here. Uh, we have a series where I'm basically I'm trying to bring back the past. There's a lot of value in this city and in that place. It's been there for 35 years of all these shows. And, you know, people may not be having cable. People people are moving on with their uh, digital world. But we have this history in this town of all this just wonderful stuff of people being weird, creative, artsy, uh, just just fascinating TV that they made, you know, just because they wanted to. And we have it, and I'm trying my best to archive it all and, you know, putting it back on the air. I have a series called Wayback Playback. I just was up late finishing an episode yesterday. It's these two-hour episodes that we air on at Open Signal and then hopefully be streaming soon enough. Uh, just like this last episode was uh, fake news. I got all the old um shows that people did fake newscasts for and put them all as a compilation and it's it's fascinating that sounds awesome it's it's great and there's and i'm even like digging up uh you know old production tapes or people's outtakes and i'll just say yeah, this this fits i'll shove it in there wow. i don't know i have a lot of fun so can folks find it on open signals website or? uh the first episode is on the youtube channel at open signal yes okay uh, but uh we're at we've done a whole season we're on episode 13 right now we have an after dark version which is the stuff that has to play after 10 and then we have the prime time version um but they are on uh the channels uh if you if you google open signal portland open signal pdx.org that's the that's where i work that's okay. where this stuff happens okay open mic hey uh well uh aside from my show that I do on uh, Mondays between 12 and 2 over at Freeform, playing funk, jazz, uh, R&B, um, compilation, music. Um, yeah, I do that every Monday. And I got a show here, first Thursday of the month, Urban Funk, where I play a playlist of early hip-hop music. Um, I enjoy um, early hip-hop with... Uh, Groups, um, it was mostly group bass music and 
instruments. So I enjoy that quite a bit. And um, also as well, I, I do a little bit of improv around town. If you want further information on, you know, things that I do around town, you can check it out on Urban Human Being on Instagram. Very nice. Conch, you're an avid programmer here at KBOO. And yes, and it is Portland Comic Book Month. It is the 10th anniversary of Portland Comic Book Month. One time city commissioner Sam Adams declared it 10 years ago. And commissioner Chloe U. Daly, who used to uh, sell me my comic books at uh, Reading Frenzy back in the day. Um, first place right off of Hawthorne and then downtown and then in Mississippi. Uh, if you go to City Hall during business hours, uh, Chloe U. Daly's office has some original art up on the walls, including uh, some by Liz Yerby, a friend of the show, who uh, you'll see at the um, uh, Zine Symposium this year, which ha it has just been announced will be in July. Is it June or July at PNCA? Look up uh, the Portland Zine Symposium and you'll find out more. But this next Thursday, this coming Thursday morning, uh, Words and Pictures on KBOO at 11.30 a.m. We'll be uh, talking about Portland Comics Book Month. We had the big kickoff yesterday at City Hall. Uh, the um, lot of folks, including Anna Bennett of Big Red Hair. You can go to bigredhair.com, find out more about the events that are coming up. Or you can listen in next Thursday, and we're hoping to have some folks. So we're, we, the lineup is still in flux. Possibly, maybe possibly Sarah Merck of The Nib. Uh, but there are lots of events coming up at your favorite comic book store, wherever that might be. Maybe Floating World, maybe Books with Pictures, maybe Cosmic Monkey. Uh, so check out the Googles, find out what's going on, and support the amazing comic book community here in Portland. Awesome. And for folks that want to still listen to my lovely voice, you can tune in on most Monday afternoons from 2 to 4 for the Monday Sampler. I've got a collective there, uh, Fortunato, myself, and DK Home, who you heard earlier this morning on Film at 11. Uh, we often talk about movies and comics and geeky things. Uh, believe it or not, there are more than just the geeks here sitting at this table in the no. city. Yes. What? Yes, indeed. So, uh, yes, um, that's happening uh, most Mondays. And and online um, things that I'm I'm doing around town. I'll be probably filtering out the uh, Facebook. I'll still be uh, moderating that Facebook page and things too, sending you all links and stuff. But I want to say thank you to everybody that's contributed. Uh, thank you to those that are tuning in and listening and stuff too. And here's to new stuff that is happening. Speaking of which, uh, one of the favorite moments that I did not mention was towards the end of last year, I believe, we did an impromptu radio theater play uh, set in space uh, and it was quite fun quite enjoyable and um, we have some of us here in the Radio Geek Geekly Collective have gathered together with some other nerdy people in town and we have created the Aldridge Society and I would love to play for you right now the first episode of many streaming episodes that will be happening uh, somewhere in the interwebs uh, somewhere linked to KBU but uh, just a little teaser if you will of the uh, Aldrich Society Radio Theater The KBU Radio Mystery Theater presents Welcome and join me your host Gadiabali as I take you through the Aldridge Historical Society. 
Set in 1925, we take you to a Dungeons and Dragons inspired world, improvised by our cast of players. May I introduce? My name is Mamie Demure, and my character name is Esme Elvgren. I am a wood elf druid. I'm also, in real life, a burlesque dancer in town. My name is Anthony Cafiero, playing uh, Deacon McAllister, the halfling bard. I am also the chef of Little Bean and the tavern master of Orcs, Orcs, Orcs. My name is Ryan Castro. I am playing Ribbon Zebulon Zeb Rothashorn, and I don't do anything that's relevant to radio whatsoever. My name is Open Mic Music, Freeform Portland DJ, Instagram, Urban Human Being. My character name is Call Ford. He's a human. Hey, I'm Just Jess. I'll be playing Trog in Anderson, or Just Trog. You can find me on the radio, KBU, on most Monday afternoons from 2 to 4 on the Monday Sampler, and every first Friday at 10 for Radio Geekly or IRL playing tabletop games. My name is David Kay. I am going to be playing a hill dwarf, name of Prota, short for Protagonus the Rye. And in my free time, I help people's dreams come true working in cable public access. And last but not least, I am your dungeon master, Max Hobbs. I'll be making your lives difficult for the foreseeable future. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Dungeon Master Max. Host of Help Action, a Dungeon Master advice podcast and not a really vague protest group. So our story begins with all of you in the city of Aldridge. Aldridge is a city nestled on the comfortable side of a wooded ridge, a valley, you might say. A river cuts through the middle of this valley, and a burgeoning community is beginning to grow along the banks of it, spreading out toward the woods more and more. We find the lot of you in early winter. Heavy rain has started to blanket the city. The six of you are currently in the Fensling House. The Fensling House is a poorhouse on the corner of 14th and Yancey, not too far away from the river itself. You can smell the trees and you can hear the water from this point. Tell me, what are each one of you doing in the Fensling House right now? What's this house have to offer a, a humble bod like, like myself? Does the it have a piano in here? No? Well, of course it does. Uh, the Fensling excellent. House is open to anyone who can afford a room here. If you can pay your way in here, you can stay. So it does have a habit of attracting musicians and performers and need a roof over their heads. In the main sitting room, you can see the entryway to the home, stairs leading up from the sidewalk. There's a foyer there, a coat room where you can strip off wet layers of things and muddy boots, and just inside a large entry hall. The entry hall has a grand staircase that sweeps up, painted black and white as it raises up to the first landing. Just to the left of the grand entry, there's a comfortable sitting room. Overstuffed chairs sit in a slight circle around a table. Behind that, there are several crates and boxes used as mail for the people in the house. Receiving packages and letters are just tossed in there for everybody who lives here to sort through on their own time. Across from the hall, there is a rather large room that is or the common room, the dining room. There's a big table in there, there's a fireplace in there, and pushed against the wall, kind of close to the stairs, there's an old upright piano. A bit broken, a bit out of tune, but still playable. Fancy that, over there. We got a bit of piano here. Uh, gonna try my hand at it. Y'all haven't heard, heard my, how, how I like to play it, but um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite, quite nice. 
This one right here is a bit of a, it's an oldie but a goodie. It does a good job of offsetting the kind of somber atmosphere outside, what with the gray clouds and the whole dark night thing and the rain. It kind of gives a bouncy feeling to the house in general. It's making me hungry. Go check out the kitchen, make a sandwich. Ah, the kitchen. The kitchen, for some reason, is perpetually cold. It might be because of the lifeless tile on the floor. It might be because the stark, pale paint job everywhere. The big, old-timey refrigerators. Ice boxes. Ice boxes. It makes no sound, but it is a monolithic thing to look at. Cabinets that hold all kinds of cold stuff stuffed into there with a big block of ice at the top in hopes that nothing inside will spoil. The kitchen has lots of cabinets up off the ground. All of them, at the moment, are closed. The sink is layered with a small amount of soiled dishes at the bottom and some cups nearby. And the pantry door is also slightly open at the moment. Dry storage and stuff like that shoved into the pantry and kept. If you're looking for a uh, crunchy bounty to start eating, that's the place you want to head. Oi, Trog, if, if there's a biscuit in there, I fancy one of those. Buzz off, man. I come inside and uh, shaking this rain off of me. It's so wet outside. I've seen fish drowning. I just want a nice warm place, stay dry, and sleep for the night. In your profession, have heard rumors and stories about the fencing house. The fencing house has been on the bad side of public record more than one time. But you also know that it's a good place to lay low during a storm. There's always someone living within it. Not just people quietly hanging their heads and staying in their rooms and locking their doors, but somebody always attempting something new at this very moment little piano player. I hear the sound of the music from outside. I can't help but want to dance. I don't know where I'm going, but something tells me this might be the place. I enter through the main doors that are creaky and old. The siren song of the piano calls to Esme directly. The rest of you can see this elf walking inside, still dripping from the rain and just beginning to dance wildly to the piano. It's not the best dance that Esme <laughs> has ever danced, but she's really feeling it right now. You're getting into the rhythm. You think of something a bit faster, love? What's your taste? Do you know any waltzes? Of course I do. I'm a bard. Play me some Strauss. Deacon slaps on a quick Strauss, if you know what I mean. Now that's the ticket. I'm looking for my mail. Has anyone seen my mail? I'm expecting a Sears catalog. Where's my mail? I need Sears catalog this quarter. I want to see the Christmas wish list. The ever-fashion-forward dwarf Prota is standing in the sitting room, just digging through the mailboxes, trying to find his beloved Sears catalog. I've spilled the mail into the foyer. I'm... (laughs) Looking. Almost like a deep conspiracy theorist trying to find connections between different newspapers, Prota has spilled them across the floor in the main hall and is starting to put together what appears to be maybe his own Sears catalog, made exclusively out of other people's mail. I go with J.C. Penny. It's not quite the replacement you were hoping for, <laughs> but it's there. 100 years from now, this company will be stronger than ever. I remove my hat and coat. I shake the rain off of me. I'm looking around, seeing all these strange faces. 
who are all these people? Mm. Not just these strange faces and these strange people here, but a handful of other people as well. As I come up from the street, I cast my eyes up at this place that must be some kind of den of iniquity, for I hear the baleful rhythms of Strauss coming out through the door. I cast my hands upon a sick person over on the sidewalk, and I say, as the good word says in Exodus 23, I will take sickness away from among you. He's looking mighty pale. Why, sir, you are suffering from an imbalance of the humors. What you need to do is pull out your pocket knife, bleed yourself a little. You've got a bit too much blood right now. It's totally imbalanced with your yellow bile. A job well done. I step up the stairs of this uh, fine establishment, remembering that the Lord says, be in it and not of it. As the respected reverend walks into the house and casts a glance over his shoulder, he can see the confused, sickly man standing in the rain. His own coat weighed down heavy, no hat on his head, and his hair matted against his forehead. Pull out a pocket knife and stare confused at his palms for a few moments. You don't stick around to see what the end of this is. The reverend is a tall half-elf dressed in completely non-notable black robes getting around a crucifix and a Bible. The Bible is very, very, very large. And also very wet right now. Oh, yes. Call Ford is a haggard 40-year-old man with a beard and salt and pepper hair with wet hat and coat and well-worn shoes, suspicious of everyone, just as if he's searching for someone in particular. This would be the place to find someone outside of the norm, especially with the handful of people who have just found their way inside of this home. Dick in here is a, he fancies him a bit of, of a dandy, really, but a... Is a le- little less shabbily dressed th- th- than he'd like to be. Kind of young. Uh, it's hard to tell the, the age these days. Uh, around 25, 30. A slick suit on. N- nothing too much to say about it, but I do like to be the center of attention. Prota wears sensible shirt and tie, ordered from catalog. He has belt buckle in shape of Adrianatic C. He must explain it to everyone. Trogs in a suit with a... <coughs> You know, a hat and coat and just whatever I want to feel like. I'm kind of burly. Uh, my face is oily. I don't like washing it, because why? Um, some people think I'm in the mafia. I'm carrying my crowbar around, because sometimes people just need to get knocked up, you know? And uh, I like eating stuff. I like uh, food and, 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 and puzzles. Um, I don't, I don't like finishing puzzles. I like puzzles, okay? Esme is as old as she feels. She is a timeless creature. Uh, She is a wanderer, a wise wanderer. She has wandered to this place out of the rain in search of someone very, very dear to her. She wears leather, fur, whatever life has taught her is valuable. She has a cloak and everything she should need to bed down for the night. Yet it is nice to occasionally find a roof as well. A dance is always a good time. There are three other people in the main downstairs public areas with you guys right now. Confused in the sitting room, 
watching the curious dwarf spread papers around and shuffle them against the wooden floor, there is a middle-aged human woman with careless expression on her face. She stares almost absently about the room while holding a glass full of dark liquor. Sitting next to her is a younger halfling woman. She's got sandy blonde hair and kind of a round face with uh, uh, high red cheeks. This woman in a frilled apron and a gingham dress seems to be full of questions, asking a lot of just sort of regular round-the-house things to the lady sitting there with the glass full of alcohol. Sitting in the dining room with the piano player and the dancing elf, there is a short dwarven man, wide and heavy. His eyes are just almost a little too far set apart. He has deep gray skin and heavy hands caked with dirt. He's tapping his toe along with the music. Old stubble clings to his face that he desperately tries to keep clean, but doesn't really seem to do any good for him. Seeing a shaved dwarf is an unusual thing, too. Dwarves are normally very proud of their beards and their facial hairs, but this man sitting here tries to keep it all off of him, just sort of increasing the amount of wrinkle on his face. As you guys start looking around and getting familiar with your surroundings, checking out the other people in the room, there is a high sound that cuts over the piano being played in here. A sound that reminds all of you that there are, in fact, troubles and problems in the world. This sound rapidly approaches where you guys are and surrounds the building entirely. A police sirens, as dozens of cars begin to speed toward the fence-like house and encircle it. Shining lights in through its windows and shouts outside to tell you that they're mobilizing for something. Oh, it's a cop. Oh, I gotta get out of here. Um, wh- where's the stairs? I'm gonna take these eggs with me. This is a bad idea. I don't like this scene, man. The dwarf in the corner begins to wring his hands and look around the room nervously. The halfling woman sitting in the chair in the sitting room sits up and begins to ask loud questions of the human woman holding the glass of alcohol. She, as well, sits up and snaps to attention, looking toward the door and gripping her chair a little tight. Oh, I love it. You you part of this? Why the cop is here? She leans forward and says, Darling, there's been trouble around here for all manner of time, in and out, day after day. Eventually, you just lose track. The police are a common thing in my home. Find out what's to become of our travelers next time on KBOO's D&D Mystery Theater, The Aldridge Society. That was oh, thoroughly yes. enjoyable. You, what did you think of that? Yeah. Why did you stop? Oh, man. Yes. So uh, some of us from the collecti- collective have gotten together to do this radio theater. And shout out to Godiva once again for putting it all in place and producing it for us. We recorded that last weekend and she knocked it out and She's was quick. able to yeah. get a 15 minute really segment good. for us. So kudos to her for Thank that. Thank you. Uh, We will be broadcasting more of those episodes on either the Monday Sampler or somewhere on the KBOO website. So stay tuned. We will make sure to have links probably through Radio Geekly's Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Radio Geekly with all of that information. And Uh, on Twitter at Radio Geekly. Yes, that is true. Conch is our... our, uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter, tweet master, tweet master. Yeah. There we Tweetmaster. go. Yes. I like it. Yeah. I like it. 
Tweetster. Yes. So thank you, everybody, for the three years that we've had at a Radio Geekly. Um, each one of you here has meant a lot to me, and I appreciate all of your friendships and your insight and your geekness from all the years. Let's here. hope that this is the first of many famous finales for Radio Geekly. Yes. All Indeed. right. Thanks to Open Mike, Conch, Rob, Jenna, David. I'm just Jess. Stay tuned at noon for Moving On. Thank you, everyone. And uh, we will catch you all next time here yeah. at Radio Geekly. Take care. Yay.